Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Machination Log Season 2, brought to you live with Patrick Bobek. That's me. Nicole Paddock. Hello. And Mitchell Londrigan. Hi. It is April 29th, 1989. <laughs> the setting is Ogunquit, whatever state that was. Maine. He made, he made up a They're bunch. all in Maine. Ogunquit's a real it's setting. It's a real place. Okay, fine. <laughs> and it's fine. Like a, it's like a gay mecca now, which I thought was weird. That like, is weird. A thousand people live there. I'm your host, David Paddock. We're here to review <laughs> the stand. Um, I think this is Book Club Three. This may be Book. Uh, we did what? We did Catch Twenty Two. We Martian. did The Martian. Oh, why was I not invited to that one? Because Ben was invited to that one, and Fair. you lost out. Fair. I get married. It's a great book. Anyway, Stephen King wrote this movie. book, The Stand. Yeah. Patrick, tell us all about it, since it's your fault. We're here. <laughs> okay. Well, the reason we're here is because this is the book that I have said is the greatest book of all time, which is probably saying a lot. It's the greatest book I've ever read, according to me. Others disagree. <laughs> so soon, you're couching it. <laughs> give couch us an intro. Why did you give pick us, this? Like, us, what, why what, did I pick what, it? Okay. What is this book about? Okay, this book is it's a post, po, post-apocalyptic fiction, fiction is what it is. <clears throat> it's the first post-apocalyptic fiction I ever read and nothing has ever lived up to it which I think is part of why I think it's so good. Do you have any examples of books that have not lived up by comparison? Yeah, I mean The Walking Dead in general um, which, it's, which is not to say these things are bad. Sure. Um, they're just, they're not just as good pales in comparison. for certain reasons. Um, the thing I think The Stand does the best is it's the only book that takes us through the decline of society in a realistic manner. Um, the Walking Dead Rick wakes up during the apocalypse. Like, everybody's already dead. Um, there's another book I read. I can't remember the name. <clears throat> but what happens is uh, this thing called The Wave hits 99% of America. And all organic life is taken out. And they're instantly dead. So there's no, like, decline of society. Like, everybody's dead. That's more than enough exposition <laughs> on a book you don't like. <laughs> no, I like the book. It's just not as good because, oh, okay. again, what The Stand does the best is it takes you through the decline of society. In the most realistic manner. And, and, you know, The Walking Dead skips it all because they're like, how do zombies take over the world? They, they wouldn't. That's, that's, that's reality. <laughs> is they, would, they would get shot dead and we'd all win. Um, and this At one, least in America. And in this one, like, everybody just dies instantly. So there's no, like, decline. Um, the American unit survives in Seattle. Yeah, Stephen King thinks that this, uh, that this thing, should it happen wherever it happens in the middle of areas 51 through 105, somewhere in Nevada, um, that it would take, what does it take in the book? What, three weeks? If that. Yeah, it's pretty fast. And then it's, there'd be like the second smaller wave afterwards, and then we're pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. it's mid-June, and then by early July, it's all over. I don't want to necessarily, I mean, I guess we can just talk about that directly. Uh, that's book one of the three books that really do make up this story. Right. I mean, this, this book is effectively a trilogy. I mean, if yeah. you've heard, if you've heard about how long it is a, yes, it's very long. It's about 1400 pages, but it, it breaks, it cleaves cleanly in three segments. There is the, the actual fall, which is what Patrick just described. There's book two, which is the coming together. And then there's book three, which is technically the actual stand. Yeah. Um, and in that and way, it spends a lot of time resolving too at the end. Oh yeah. Well, and that's that's the interesting thing I was going to bring up to you, Patrick, is that um, for and I, I'm just going to assume everybody listening to this has read it uh, because <laughs> I because I tried to skim because we have to <laughs> because I skimmed this book and tried to summarize. You can't it. skim it. Uh, it took me almost three hours to summarize the chapters in a sentence each. Because uh, yeah, there are right. seventy-eight of them. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a rough way to approach this. Yeah, I think I think we're just gonna have to scattershot this. Uh, yeah. Assume that you've read it and loved or hated it. Like maybe, it, yeah, like maybe we'll we just... could start with some like broad sweeping statements and then narrow down into some specific areas that's, and that's, that we like. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do here. So, Patrick, it sounds like you really like book one. Yes, because book one is the one that deals entirely with that. Um, yes. What is your impression of book two and three? Are you just on the journey at that point? Because those aren't even (laughs) science fiction anymore. Those are almost a fantasy book. Yeah, so the book starts very realistic. Like, you know, uh, the flu is taking out people. It's happening really fast. And then they introduce a lot of magical elements. 
Um, people have shared dreams. There's the main villain who can levitate and he has a third eye where he can basically see anything that's happening anywhere. Uh, and he can just drive people crazy by looking at them. Um, but that's all just really Stephen King. Stephen King has like this huge fascination with the paranormal. Um, so I don't really have any problem with that. Uh, I, I have no problem with magic or paranormal or whatever in fiction, as long as everything is always consistent within their own universe. And I don't think the stand ever deviates from that. You know, things like, uh, Harry Potter, you know, the, because the story's so good, you can ignore the times when they really just sort of deviate from their own universe. I mean, maybe you can. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, only, I only made it through four of them. Yeah, I zero <clears throat> Harry Potter experience. But but yeah, I'm there's definitely try. a lot of paranormal, which I I have no problem with. And it it, it it definitely becomes a different book once you start getting into the second and third parts. But do you like it? Yeah, I love it. Okay, yeah, because again, that was you were you were pra- you were heaping all of your praise on book right. One. Well, so I I love all post apocalyptic fiction because I, I it fascinates me to think about like what would happen like you know if everything was destroyed. There's a lot of people who are like, they want that to happen. Um, I like running water and <laughs> and showers and air conditioning, so I don't want food that to logistics, happen. Growing your own food is hard. Yeah, no thanks. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Pizza Hut does not exist in the stand. I mean, it does, but you can't eat there anymore. I mean, we could have simulated it if we had, like, read the thing outside <laughs> this week <laughs> and just not had water. We could have absolutely felt what a post-apocalypse is supposed to feel like yeah. out at, here in Florida. At Jacob's house. We could have camped at Jacob's yeah. house. Or, yeah, and then we would yeah, have had no blocks. radio communication. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been everything. We just had the ruins of a civilization around us. So the actual scenario of living in that does not entice me at all. But, you know, thinking about, like, what would it be like? How would people move on? What, you know, would it just be all despots? Or would some democratic union try to form which in this book one does try to form. And how plausible do you think his portrayal of that was? That I actually do think was plausible in the universe of the stand. I don't know about in real life. In real life, I feel like a democratic society would be very difficult, you know, because the people survive or are in survival mode. You know, democracy is a luxury. Um, and when you're in survival mode, you kind of need dictators. Uh, and, and you can't have people discussing things. But in the stand, you have the group of the bads and the group of the goods, and the goods are the ones who are trying to like reinstate democracy in America and everything. So within the universe of the stand, it makes sense. Um, but the the characters themselves noted the you know the problems of their approach. They're like, we have people, you know, riding around and breaking windows and stuff, and here everybody's doing what they're supposed to do in Las Vegas. The evils are doing everything they're supposed to do because if they don't, they die. It's a different um, approach. It's definitely a different approach that they're taking. Wasn't well, the first thing they tried to do with their council is adopt like the Constitution and yeah. the Bill of Rights so that they could kind of emulate a like a feel that America was still alive, like that was really important to yep. them after this pocus. Well, even before that, they they sang the national anthem before they even did yeah. that. <clears throat> so the whole the whole their whole approach was to let's remake America. Um, and I, I thought that was a little hammy myself. Well, I just don't <laughs> see it happening. In real life, well, but Me then again, neither. but then again, like these people also were having a dream that all told them to go to the same yeah, and city, exactly. Which is why, within the universe of the yeah. stand, all of that happening makes a lot of sense. But <clears throat> there is, um, I mean, the, the <laughs> we can't really talk about the democratic process of this without <laughs> talking about the the prophetic pilgrimage that leads to it. I mean, in order for everyone to end up in Boulder, everyone has to have dreams right. about. A hundred and eight year old black woman. Yep. Uh, who is not there when they finally draft yeah. all of this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, like, moving through this now. This is the. I think I may have read one other Stephen King book in my life, but it was in high school, so I'm iffy. Like, this guy can definitely put a story together. Like, this thing moves. Okay. And the fact that there's no zombies, it is a it is a very good post apocalyptic story. Like, this thing moves through. And, like, you're going with it, and you definitely get, like, the start, the finish, the end. You get, like, a full perspective that I don't think you get from a lot of other, you know, like, Walking Dead type of things. Right. Um, and, like I said, the fact that there's no zombies, I think, unencumbers this story a lot <laughs> to be able to enjoy it. Um, okay, but here's the thing, like, 
it's funny because when we start getting into the more supernatural aspects of this, like, you know, Abigail, who everyone's dreaming of to get to Boulder, yet she's actually has nothing to do with the final stand anyways. It almost kind of seems inconsequential to a certain extent. She's just like a gathering point. Well, and I mean, then, she brought them together. They they would have never met each other. They never would have been there if that yeah, she was. She's yeah, a she conduit was a for hire. No, I know. Yeah. And then, she was step one of, you know, Well, and it's why they're, you know, they, it works within the... Stephen King context, and then the Randall flag, you know, our dark side. But like working through this book, I almost felt like you still would have had like a really good post-apocalyptic book in here if you had taken the supernatural elements out. Like they almost seemed, I mean, they're almost just the kind of like, I guess, plot armor that you need an excuse to get all these people together for some reason you know to move the story forward it's weird because they were the parts i enjoyed the least out of the book was right. the supernatural stuff it's it's weird because you you have to strike that balance somewhere i mean it, for the sake ironically of realism um mm -hmm. not everyone's gonna think <laughs> las vegas and boulder as their two <laughs> options when everything goes down um but it's it, it's also interesting i know this just because i've read about it, about Stephen King's thought process for this. This book is supposed to be his Lord of the Rings. Okay. Uh, he talks about Tolkien very highly when he's talking about this book in reference to this book. Uh, that Las Vegas is Mordor. <laughs> 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 um, which is no, I definitely, I definitely got that feel. It's, that feel. Well, you have from the it. long Fellowship of the Ring walk, <laughs> yeah, across with, the Midwest with yeah. nearly the right number of people. <laughs> 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 and it's got it's got those elements to it. And to be fair, it's not like this is a ripoff of that by any stretch. It does not. It, it the tropes of Lord of the Rings and the tropes of this are very different from one another. But there are a lot of ways in which this is an American perilous pilgrimage from one to the other, from the from the generically good guys into the realm of the generically bad guys on a convoluted mission sent by a wizard who doesn't really know what he's talking about. Um, it's got all those elements. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is I, I get to be in an interesting triangle here. Mitchell, feel free to throw in wherever your your square point is here uh, to turn this into a, a full polygon. But uh, <laughs> Patrick, you love this book. Nicole, it sounds like if you don't hate this book, you don't care for it at least. I mean, it's... It moved, it moved through just fine. It was like real easy... I, I don't do much reading. I listen to everything. But it was easy <laughs> listening. Um, but it's not something that I necessarily, I guess, would have kind of picked up on my own. Like, I would have found something else to listen to if we hadn't recommended it. I do want to say I totally agree with you that it could have stood on its own without the paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. And again, the only reason he gets into that is that, that's, that's Stephen King. That, yeah. That's what he does. <laughs> See, and um, this, he, he could have <laughs> written that book, right? And I think that book would have been great, too. See, yeah. see, uh, it might have been better. That's what I mean. Yeah, it it might have been better. Been better. Um, but this is, this is just the Stephen King flair. This, this is the irony that I'm... I'm I give this book a solid C+. And the reason I give it a C+, is because of the supernatural elements. Uh, okay, see... I, I actually like them a lot. And you give it a C+, for that? Yes. I would have never finished it without it. And I know this because I've tried to finish this book twice before. Oh. And I never got through the part where society's falling apart. Which is the best right. part. That's the best part. That is, that is the best part. No, it, it was I grueling. I don't like it. It was grueling. I hated... It took me a while to get into this. Like, I hated having to listen to, like, the background story of Fran and Larry, and I'm just like, let's just get to the action. These people yes, are going to be here for a while. Well, see, I love that shit. You got to have a reason to care about them, But right? the thing is, as soon as the turning point was, as soon as, like, the military started just fucking oh, yeah, everything yeah. up, I was like, okay, I am now invested. Like, let's see where this roller coaster <laughs> like, shit goes. Got real. Yeah. <laughs> but it took me... Another Kent State shooting? It took, another me, one? it took me a while to kind of have to kind of troll through, like, the beginning character establishment because i knew we had such a long journey i was like come on let's let's get rolling let's get rolling uh, okay because you're like i yeah. have 1100 babies yeah <laughs> i don't i didn't mind the supernatural stuff i mean uh, the virus uh says that he killed uh 99.4 oh percent yeah. of the country so that leaves about two million people in america which is a lot glenn does all the math but america okay and again my biggest problem that the thing i really hate the most about this book is we're yeah. all the fucking people yeah. there should have been forty-five thousand people yeah. in new york okay yeah, yeah. I did. I did the math on this. There should have been yeah. about five and no gun quit, so two left is okay. But yeah, forty-five thousand people in New York, and, and Larry's and the only one on that bridge. La Larry yeah. and Rita meet two people on the way out. Like, 
I mean, America's pretty big, so but even still. 2 million people, but yes. In but think, about, think about New York City. In New York City yeah. or Los Angeles or Houston, there should be a decent number of people mm. left, and they should be able to find each other. But to put the right people together to have the journey going to, to Boulder and all that stuff, I mean, it, I, don't, I don't mind it. I just, this is so exciting. There should have been a lot more people. That's I like all. everything you guys don't like about this book. <laughs> I don't. No, there's nothing I don't like about it. I just think <laughs> I like less. So my, my perspective is as someone. I mean, you guys already read it. I haven't read this in 12 years, so that's my perspective <laughs> coming. So I'm. David so you're in the nostalgic yeah. perspective, <laughs> nostalgic perspective. <laughs> and I, I, I liked it. So well, I guess I it, it tells it, it tells a lot, like what you do still remember after yeah. all this time. We can tell that that's probably the you know the points in which you were most interested in the book because after all these years, that's probably what you remember. I remember from it. that a lot of the backstory parts of the first book are a slug. Yeah, <laughs> get through. and I don't mind the idea of it as a whole because there, you're right, there aren't that many. Uh, books or movies that deal with the actual collapse of society. Most of them either take place before or after. Um, or stop at some, you know, convenient spot to just be like, okay! Yeah, ah, mostly they just, they, they, they find a way to skip over it one way yeah. or another. And he just takes it head on. Yeah. And it's, it, it's very... Well, and he tries to develop it. That's what I mean. You can pick on it and you're like, oh, the Star Spangled Banner or whatever. But he does, like I said, I, I, I do have to give him credit. Like, this guy puts a lot of time developing these stories like even if they're not like my favorite stories like i will give him credit where it's fucking credits do like this guy can develop a story well there's scenes in there that are just like so like there's there's this scene that i've had nightmares about and literally it's the one thing like when i think about this book it's the first thing i think about is when society's collapsing right there's there's two different like snippets he does where he, he does like a bunch of short stories in a row mm-hmm um, the second one is where a bunch of people die from like random things who yeah. survive a flu. That was one of my favorite right. parts. And the first one is when like shit's getting real, people are dying violent deaths, and like society's really crumbling. There's one where it's in the, this news studio, and a couple military guys have taken over, and they've apparently gone crazy. There's just like this black guy who's just wearing like a what's the when you just just covers your junk a belt. You know what I'm talking Thong. about. Oh, thong, he's wearing like a ish. toga or something. No, like, but he's just yeah. just wearing that, and he's take it, it, everybody in the studio is like on their knees except for him and his people, and he's taking driver's licenses out of a hat and just executing those people on air. Um, and Franny actually watches it, and she she, she thinks it's like a, a movie or whatever. Because yeah. how yeah. could that possibly happen in real <laughs> yeah. life yeah. unless it's collapsing? Exactly. Yeah. But man, like that scene is so <sighs> burned in my brain, and no other author has done that. In the way Stephen King has done, like burning his scene into my brain with words, like I I can picture it all the way through. And it's a distinction that we talked about when uh, the Assassin's Apprentice went through. I don't know that anyone in this crew was in that conversation specifically. Was that video games? No, 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 no. It was a it was a it's book. A book? Okay. It was a book. Uh, Ben's mom recommended. Uh, okay. Got her in here to interrogate our local <laughs> librarian. Um, <laughs> she, she reads so many books. Um, and it, it's that. That scene that you just described, I mean, Stephen King, there is, there, is a, there is a difference between having the visual sense to portray a scene, which is what Stephen King is a master of. He has the book sales Oh, to he prove can come it. up with scenes. Um, <laughs> well, not, not merely to come up with the scene. It's, it's one thing, and this is, this is sort of what I'm getting at, is that there's, there's the ability to come up with ideas, but as any business executive will tell you, ideas are cheap. Um, it's really easy to just have ideas. In fact, you basically just have to be lucky for a second to have an idea. It's the ability to actually execute on an idea. Stephen King has the side of this where he can he can explicate it rather perfectly. I mean, for all the time that they spend in Fran's head uh, talking with Jess that I find insufferable because I don't like <laughs> normal human beings. Um, I can I can that rough too. I can absolutely. I, I can absolutely see the vibe being established in who Fran is in those scenes because it's very, very visual and it's very well realized. And scenes like the news, uh, the newsroom, and then the other newsroom scene where they take the place back over, mm -hmm. like those scenes, very well choreographed in a way. Um, and that's that, that's what this kind of literature. It's it's ironic. I'm I'm giving him all this praise. That's the kind of literature I don't really care about. Oh, I don't either because people read this for people read stuff like this because they enjoy it, right? Like you Sometimes. enjoy Typically. reading. 
the thing that's ours. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, I'm I not mean, an expert. <laughs> well, that's that's why I like having these book clubs because because people people do in fact come to books for completely different reasons. I, that's that's part of I think part of my disconnect. But it's, I, it's and it, but it's the reason I like the supernatural side of this because uh, the the visualization of Randall Flag. Um, I think it is a little all over the place, but I do adore his attempt to realize a character that is that chaotic that is still supposed to obey some rules. See, I thought the trash man was a little bit better. I thought he was pretty... Oh, he's very good, too. He was good. I like him a lot, as well. And that it makes and sense that King's of the, good at those, because yeah, those the, are the kind of paranormal well, chaos that make the, horror. the explosions and stuff, like, as the guy's, like, trying to get to... To Sebola. Um, <laughs> you know, I thought that was, it, it, I thought that, like that was some really good vivid writing there. Cause that guy kind of scared me. Cause I got, I got that vivid thing where I was like, oh my God, you've got like a crazy arsonist. This guy could just fuck shit up for everyone. Yep. And every, <laughs> he does. And every moment <laughs> of it. And every moment of that book that is an implicit power struggle between Trash Can Man and Randall Flagg are some of the best in the book for me. I love the idea that Randall Flagg has one enemy and he's his right-hand man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, he's a guy that barely understands what's going on around him anyways because he's so singularly <laughs> it, focused. But that's exa exactly... Everyone thinks that Randall Flagg, he's, he's the power... He is a very quintessential power behind the throne. Everyone's afraid of Randall Flagg because no one knows what he's capable of. Mm -hmm. Randall Flagg is afraid of the trash can man for exactly the yeah. same reason. <laughs> and actually when the trash can... Man fucks up right before he really fucks up. <laughs> he doesn't even want to like execute him publicly. He wants to do it like quietly and yeah. away from everybody. <laughs> he he sort of wants, wants to like Just brush it under the rug. Hush, He's hush like, I really screwed that one up, guys. Let's never talk about it again. Yeah, I yeah. thought he'd be useful, and, and yeah, because that's not. what he uses. Yeah, Glenn and um, oh god, the third guy in the group is Ralph. Ralph, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Like well, yeah, because yeah, they come up with the conspiracy that they were behind the pilots' deaths. Well, they, it was really they, just trash can man fucking axing people because he <laughs> was pissed off. Well, they shot Glenn the night before, so it was just it was Larry and Ralph, Ralph the ones yeah. who were going to get basically drawn and quartered. Yes. Yeah. No, it's that's those are the moments of beauty that I take out of this book, and there there are a couple. They're just spaced out. There's a lot. Twelve hundred pages. Okay, that's what I have to. Okay, and now the other thing is is like. This book has like the longest denouement I think I've ever experienced because after our stand, I mean, we go through an entire season yep. with, you know, East Texas and Tom Collins trying to get back to, to Boulder. And even that, like we still go on after that, like after all the action has wrapped up, like it, it still keeps going like it. it it spent so much time. Are like, they gonna make it? Yeah. Cold? <laughs> yeah, I actually forgot how long it was. Like it's been a while since I read it. And That's it was, where he added was... the other four hundred pages in the uncut one. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so the, the same just... happened. I'm listening to audiobook. I look down. I'm like, there's an hour and a half left. Yeah. <laughs> <All right>. Okay. <laughs> I, I, Let's actually, do this. <laughs> actually, I totally figured that would be an afterword of some kind. Yeah. I was thought it was coming. No. And there's not an afterword. No. And, and the end of that audiobook is five seconds before the end when they say, "I oh, hope you enjoyed enjoy this program." program. <laughs> Like, he's talking right up till then. Yeah, it really is, because it's almost, like, startling when you get the audible message, and you're like, whoa, it, it, it's, it's so, done. It's but, but honestly, it's with it's just in line with everything else. Like, if he had just appeared in Boulder with a broken leg and a retard with him, like, that would have made no sense. Or, I mean, we could have just the, left the it struggle. at that. He could have died. Tom, Like, Tom Cullen, for all the information he was supposed to collect, like, none of that was used of at all. Anymore, yeah. None of it mattered. There was, like, a lot of, like, building up of little storylines. And then I guess this is, like, the game of th just, like, fucking axing. Like, it's totally useless <laughs> moving forward. So I know we spent a long time, but just don't worry about that anymore. Well, it's just, like, they, they were trying to make moves to just in case doesn't mean it's all going to matter or work out in the end. I know, but it was kind of cool they when they, they were, were hypnotizing Tom Collin, and we didn't even get to use that, that ability <laughs> in the end. Like, yeah. we didn't get to hypnotize him and find out all the trash he knows. Like, it was a totally wasted no, skill. No, Nicole, you don't understand. See, Tom Collin allowed <laughs> Stu to come back and tell them that the threat was eliminated. So technically, Tom gave them the most valuable possible information, which is that they're no longer a threat. He did end up mattering. Just not no, the information. I, just I only to Stu and Fran. <laughs> but that's two. That's one saying, saving two, Nicole. 
I know, I'm a, just saying it, it was a weird <laughs> approach to, to... That's a 200% uh, return on investment. Wrap that shit yeah, up. Well, it's, all, it's also just, uh, you know, uh, that's just life, though. Yeah. You do things and it doesn't fucking matter. God, I wish this book had more of that in it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is what's so weird is I have, I'm in this weird crossroads in this book where you guys are talking about how realistic it is in some sense. Parts, parts of it, yeah, parts like of it. like, but that's but that that's the part that the supernatural gets in the way of it. And I just it's it's funny to me how much I disagree with that. Well, that's what's funny. <laughs> like, what makes it sound like it, I could see how it would be hard for you to stay with it because the supernatural stuff is also such a, like, it's like a it's quarter. Sparse. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, you have to get through a lot of, you know, human interest to get to your, <laughs> your, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah. Randall flag parts. For like they're, worth, they're really they're, spaced. There is some useful human interest, but it all revolves around the supernatural still. Like, and I, I keep talking about Randall flag cause of course evil is more interesting than good. We all know that deep in our hearts. <laughs> we do. Um, I mean, my favorite character, yeah. my favorite, my favorite character in this book without question is Lloyd. I love, I love the fact <laughs> Dude, he has a debt to pay to Satan. Yeah, like, he, and he's you he kind of root for him, and like, and, well, that after was pretty a while, brutal the time in prison. Like, that was that yeah. was some yeah. creepy writing. After no, a while, you're genuinely like, yeah, not saved really bad by the devil anymore. You know, <laughs> like I, I love his ability to roll over in those circumstances and feel self righteous <laughs> in Larry's face <laughs> for having been saved by the devil. <laughs> like, that's great. I love that. I mean, he was sort of out of options at the point. Yeah, so he could have defected, but the, he, it would have been a betrayal of evil, and that was below him. <laughs> like that's what I love in books. Well, like and this. you know, it also gave him a rank and status that he never had yeah, before. He, he, so yeah. I mean, you Rainbow know, Flag kind of redeemed him as a. But person. then he realized <laughs> that that you know, the higher up you are, you know, the it's like more money, more problems. It's like, oh, now that I'm management, like I got a lot of shit I got to deal with that I didn't have to worry about as a petty thief. And he was ordained you know, like with this authority of the evil humanity side of America. But he was he was ordained with this authority with no additional power granted him. I mean, his his opposite member is supposed to be Stu in some sense because Stu is Stu is Stu is the essentially hero. the president yeah. of the free zone. And Fran talks about the degree to which he had to step up to be that person. But Stu had it within him to step up to be that person. Lloyd had nothing. Lloyd was a loser. Yeah. <laughs> he remains a loser as the right-hand man of Randall Flagg. And as soon as Randall is out of the scene, Lloyd's authority evaporates. Just thankfully, Randall is available at all times because he's the devil. Um, and he's like um, omnipotent. He's all, you know, he's all yeah, well, exactly. Place. Yeah. It, it, but it's only through the threat of violence. It's because Lloyd gets to be the Leviathan, despite the fact that he is still an incompetent, incompetent stuttering Dork, basically, like no one actually respects him. Everyone, whenever anybody talks about Lloyd, they're talking about the possibility of retribution on behalf of the Walking Man. Yeah, yep. and that's great. Again, it's it's he's been bestowed all of these powers, none of which are his. <laughs> they are all someone else's. Uh -huh. And Stu is the exact opposite. Stu, Stu spent, you know, he earned his keep in uh, Hapscombs, Texaco standing back just watching the world and eventually puts that to use which is a very that's a, that's a very forward thinking bipartisan liberal and conservative feel good way. there's no one can hate Stu you can't it's impossible no, to hate that guy he's designed to to he, be he that is guy engineered yeah. to be likable well really i thought nick was uh, lloyd's counterpart <clears throat> cuz nick's in all the meetings but then they, they have together off. yeah they do kill him off but i mean lloyd's killed off too i know but lives. nick was pretty early, like way earlier yeah. than you're expecting but like nick's the real power in the committee like everybody listens to what he says he's the first one to meet mother abigail so he's more i think the lloyd of the group than Stu. Stu's sort of like the figurehead there's no there's, i don't i don't see any like Stu counterpart in the las vegas side agree to disagree <laughs> <laughs> but nick was like the real Whoever, who everybody listened to, they, everybody did what Nick wanted all the time. Oh yeah, sure. And he's and he was the idea man. Yeah, exactly. That's why Stu doesn't get to be the counterpart of Lloyd because Lloyd also had no ideas. No, he Lloyd did was not. just doing what he was told. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Stu's the yes face. Man. <laughs> you weren't allowed to have ideas though in Las Vegas. Yeah, the one guy who had ideas got turned crazy. And whose fault is that? It shouldn't have gone to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the moral of the story. 
Yeah, if you have evil dreams about some crazy dark man, don't follow them. Like, yeah. <laughs> go somewhere else. Yeah, that's no like, good. Why did anybody follow them? Yeah, just write it out. They're evil people. Yeah. Because they needed someone to follow. Yeah, that's based because they're sheep. Yeah, speaking of an undeveloped <laughs> uh, point there, and I understand why. I mean, they 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 all of the time was spent developing the character, except for Lloyd. All the time was spent developing characters that were in the free zone. So it made yeah. sense that yeah. most of the story took place in the free zone. But it would have been nice if they'd spent more time explaining why Vegas wasn't a hellhole. Yeah, that shit, people I would just love abandoned. to see the same written from the point of view of Las Vegas. Add another yeah. 300 pages. Exactly. What's another 300 pages? <laughs> no, just write it from the point of view of the people who went to the yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. You know? Like, that would be really cool. Call it the fall. The fall. Yeah. The sit. The sit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't do that. Didn't he? Didn't this book sell real good? It did. That's why yeah. he wrote it a second time. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> oh, well, he apparently changed the dates in three different editions. Yeah. No, de- I mean, I think he updated it to when it, w- it came out. So I'm sure the original, which was written in the 70s, had like 70s dates. It was, it so was, it was 19, out, I think it was 1980, 85, and then 90. The yeah. uncut version was 90. Yeah, so when he... Finally released the unabridged version. I think he just updated all his pop culture references and the yep. dates and stuff. Yeah, because it sounded like the dates got updated, but not necessarily the technology within the story. Because right. it still felt, it, it still moved kind of like a 70s technology, but then he was saying like 1990s. I mean, that's okay, because most of the book takes place it was just, post-technology. Yeah, so. no, I know. It was it was just kind of one of those things I was like, oh, like because when he would say something 1990, I was like, oh, I didn't think we were like that far in the future, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was quote, 80, 85, quote. and 90. Yeah, that's okay. vaguely remember. There's not a whole lot of information on this outside of Wikipedia, so yeah. not if you go, not unless you actually listen to Stephen King talk, and he's a weird talker, so it's the reason he writes books. He's very tall. His voice is weirdly high-pitched. <laughs> I was pretty disappointed, I'm going to be honest. He's like, he's the king of horror, right? And he's got this weirdly high-pitched voice. And he's and like 6'8". Like, well, when like, I was riding the stand. No, it's more like, when I was riding the stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Uh, yeah. Feel bad for him. That's why he's so good at writing. He's scary in book form. <laughs> he's scary in book form. He's Pennywise the Clown. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, I feel like I soapboxed the hell out of the part that I really liked about this book. We could go, We could definitely go into different... Oh, I have one other part elements, that I, but, uh, I like really just enjoyed was after all, yeah, I think you mentioned it briefly, was after all the people died from the flu deaths, he goes through a series of people that die from just other ridiculous and accidental causes yeah. during this time. The so, short story section. Yeah, the little short story section. Yeah. And man, like, I really enjoyed that. I just thought that was so funny. I was like, yeah, let's spend a moment to look at all the people who died that didn't even get the yeah, they just found a way. Yeah, they just death. They managed to fall into the masses on their own accord. I love one of, one of those stories. Is one sentence long. It's like uh, Marie fell off her bicycle and fractured her skull. Yep, and then just goes. Yeah, to the <laughs> that's where those other forty four thousand New Yorkers went. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. no <laughs> big loss. My, yeah, my, no big. Yeah, loss. yeah, that's <laughs> the, the, the lady who locks herself the best in the freezer. Yeah. 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 Irma. <laughs> she weirdly looked at their dead bodies. Of her, her the end, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, end, the end of that story is so good. She's just like, she sees another human being. It's like, oh, this is probably not worth it. And goes to kill him. And yeah. the gun explodes, explodes and kills her, her instantly. Yeah, you're like, eh. Yeah, literally, no big loss. Yeah, you kind of suck as a person. Yeah. yeah. Was not going to read the rest of the book with you in it, so <laughs> <laughs> so that all worked out. Yeah. You're not making it to the free zone. Do not pass go. Uh, so you think they're going to make it? Uh, no. Honestly, I think probably society eventually totally collapses. That seems reasonable. Yeah, not enough people, man. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, not even the point four percent that were supposed to exist, uh, because there would there should be a lot more people in this book than there are. So I guess the flu was stronger than they thought it was, and um, even if or point six because it's ninety nine point four percent. It's ninety nine point four. Yeah, and even if it wasn't, thankfully, um, Starkey did his job. Um, Colonel Starkey, who is sort of the head of uh, bioterrorism, the bioterrorism unit, the United States government, it seems like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. You stop me from talking about this. What, yeah. yeah, he initiates uh, Troy, which is just like. 
a thing that says kill everyone everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> just not without, just not with nuclear weapons, but with biological weapons. Yeah, they purposely spread it to the rest of the world just so no one would know that they're the ones who fucked it all up. Yeah. That's such an American thing. Yeah, there was, that, there was that little <laughs> yeah. scene and I didn't yeah. catch it until this time through. I was like, oh my God, they're purposely spreading it. What a bunch of douches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love, I love, it makes the, uh, the, the second, I didn't read the book all the way through the second time, but I at least skimmed it and I saw that and it was good because the first time I read it, Starkey seemed like an irredeemable, but nonetheless like forgivable. He was a cog in the machine, but no, not, not, not actually. It turns out he could have just not said that. Um, and this would have been a lot better. It would have been just America and Canada, Mexico, maybe. Yeah. Like Europe and well, just, Asia would have been fine. You could, tell, you could tell King, you know, is leery of the government because the government, yeah, like, at clearly. no <laughs> point does anything that is encouraging during this crisis. They just right up. And yeah. what happens well, and they also is they created it. So. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And, and there what happens to as soon as they create a government, he tries to blow it up again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of if they if they had just not covered it up and taken different measures, it would not have been as bad as it was. It was or just shot people when they were trying yeah. to you know report on it. It was the cover up; they killed everybody. Yeah, it's weird because it makes the fact that Starkey commits suicide actually make less sense to me. <laughs> I feel like he's exactly the kind <laughs> of douchebag who would just find a bunker. Vegas, somewhere. man, that guy was made for Vegas. I think he, he, did, his I think he didn't want to die from the flu. I think that's why I did it. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I think I'm going to live. It's, I don't want to get the flu and die horribly. So I'm just going to end it real quick. We're going to only hope. Maybe he would be immune. Maybe. Maybe you know? he was. He walked into point, the fucking point facility. Point, point six or less yeah. percent chance. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So I guess he decided not to take that chance. I would go ahead and take that chance. You get it and you find out early, then kill yourself. Mm. Like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm why, down with that plan. Why do it fast? Hmm. The real villain is Campion. That piece of shit. <laughs> if Follow he, if, orders. If he hadn't escaped at the very beginning of the book, everybody would have been fine except for a couple of people in Nevada, maybe. But he has to go and spread it to the entire rest of the world. Mind. I know. What an asshole. Yep. Right? Thank you. It's like in that Contagion movie. I think Gwyneth Paltrow spreads it to the rest of the world. It's like, yeah. fuck you. Who do you think you are? <laughs> going on planes and shit? Yeah, you're going halfway across the world with some, you know, novel fucking virus. Weird bet, spreading it everyone. Flu. Think you're better than everyone. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, and that didn't even kill that many people, comparatively. But, like, society basically yeah, shut down. Yeah, it was down no stand. Yeah, it was no <laughs> stand. It's like a pretty small percentage, comparatively. I don't think they ever got into it in the movie, though. Which movie? Contagion. Okay. I did not see that. It's just another Warner Mill. It was a lot virus. more boring than I expected. Yeah, who's it? Like Soderbergh or something? I don't know. It moves It moves yeah. at kind of a slow pace. There was a pace. whole lot of nothing uh, happening. <laughs> and I did not expect that. The previews oversold. Mitchell, never, who was your really favorite character in The Stand? I like Randall Flagg. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's so cool about him? I don't know. He's just described really well as like this evil dude, better than most. I think of the other characters in the book. I think King agrees with you. He's since, just a good villain because he uses them and everything. Yeah, everything else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he took the took this one and brought it forward. Nicole. Oh, I mean, like bad guys. I liked. I I was a fan of the Trash Can Man. I mean, they don't have to be bad guys. Trash no, I know. Man. Well, the thing is, but I actually liked. I found myself liking. You know, the kind of the good guy's story, like, but maybe I might have just been biased because that's what most of it was anyway. So you're like, well, I might as well like what 98% of the book is anyways. Um, but like, oh, God, favorite characters on the good side. Like, they all kind of just, like, start blending together as, you know, they each have their own little, like. I remember them all being annoying. Wow. Yeah, like, wow. they're all, like, normally <laughs> type of people. Like, Fran is. Fran sucks. The yeah. rest are okay. Yeah. Fran's your like you know typical helpless woman, and it's like I've heard really that, not... that most of King's like women's characters of are course, kind of that of style. Okay, you know, I'm not I, I don't know this. All. I'm just I heard commenting that's a what I heard. Problem in fiction, yeah, it's some oh, word okay. called misogynist something. What? Yeah. Okay. Me. Misandry. <laughs> I think it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> the but I one. liked Glenn actually, like the guy that would break down everything philosophically. Right. And I see like, myself silly. as like Glenn in the future. You know? Yeah, <laughs> reasonable and old. Yeah, reasonable and hopefully old <laughs> means you're not dead. 
Yep. But it's like, it, it's, it, I mean, because he brings up, like, how kind of preposterous the story is. Like, you said you don't think they make it at the end, you know, like, ultimately as, as you know, as the story goes on. And he kind of brings a part where, you know, all the people in Boulder and that main core, how, like, none of them have any actual skills that are going to help mm-hmm. them moving forward. Like, Glenn reads everything from a sociological fucking standpoint and you know a philosophical view and you know east texas is just pretending to lead people and you know fran has a baby and like none of these people like is, none of them are doctors none of them know how to get like you yeah, know electricity flow doctors by the end out of like ten thousand. yeah that's what i <laughs> mean like, like you know they're gonna build society they like don't have any actual skills right and they're in boulder like where, yeah. where's the cropland in Colorado. Altitude is high up there. Yeah. So. At the same time, I mean, there's just food. So I feel like Glenn reflects go the good side just kind of generally. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick. Definitely Nick. Dude can't talk or hear. Only has one eye. Like about 10% of the book. And still is a total badass. Like when you can't even talk or barely see. And people still do everything you tell them to do. Pretty cool. I was really bummed when he died. <laughs> he got off early. Yeah, yeah, he got blown up by Harold Lauder, that piece of shit. I can't believe we need him to talk about Harold. Oh, no, no. He's yeah. the worst. I mean, we can go into that uh, as the other part of the book that I really like, because uh, it falls into the same idea of just the, the quality of the kind of people who end up in Vegas. Um, Hell hath no fury. Uh, so on and so forth. Like everyone Harold in Vegas Ford. is... Yeah, yeah, everyone in Vegas... Uh, is someone who has been turned aside by a good guy. Uh, Harold gets shut down by Stu. Nadine gets shut down by Larry. Like, these people are all suffering under the boot heel of someone we're supposed to see as as good. I know. Well, you think about Harold. What, what happened to Harold was... He's a dork. Well, so his... Franny was friends That's with his crime. sister. <laughs> and so, like, insane. obviously he knew Franny beforehand. He was like, oh, she's this hot girl I know. Uh, the world ends, everyone's dead, and she still doesn't want to sleep with him. Like, <laughs> he's the only person in a gun quit. And the only person she sees for like three weeks. And she's still like, eh. Not if uh, you were the last man like, on like, earth. Like, he went through the scenario finding out being the last man on earth still wasn't good enough. That's that's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> I bet if the story was updated today, he'd be the kind of person to spend a lot of time on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, mean, I picture him as like a fedora wearing neckbeard. Yeah. Yeah. That's 100%. Perfectly apt. And it's, but that's the Who thing. Trolls is, people on the internet. Yep. Yeah. Is that that's that's one of the details they constantly bring up in Vegas is that it's full of all the people with the skills. Everyone who actually understands, like, yeah. they have the power on immediately. Yep. Everyone's going to work. Because, they have pilots. Because everyone they in actual Vegas. Pilots. They have craft services, like, making their meals for <laughs> yeah. them. Because everyone in uh, Vegas has something to prove. Yeah. No one in Colorado, everyone in Colorado has just been. It's they just were living to be a life. There. They were living a <laughs> life, and it was disrupted, and they're just trying to bring it back together. The people in Vegas are digging, are, they're not merely digging out of, like, the rubble of the physical world they're digging out of their place in society because society shits on these people all the time like like lloyd was facing the death penalty in like two weeks (laughs) yeah (laughs) two weeks away (laughs) like there's there's this like streak of revenge some earned some less earned (laughs) but in but in a handful of cases i mean like you said it's easy to justify harold's spite um Nate. It's like it's like you suck, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like there's 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 a reason he was he was made in such a way as to suffer. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Like <laughs> having to be like, oh wow, I'm still not good enough when everyone's dead. All right, well, so he's a lot about of, his personality. Yeah, and he thought so highly of himself too. So, yeah. and that's all the productive members of society get to be part of that. Except he doesn't because yeah. he he was just a vehicle to. Mess with the free zone and get Nadine going. But what like, did he was never going to go to Vegas? Like, no, the plan was to off him. Yeah, because dictators are weird. That's why you don't trust them, even when the Leviathan is in place. I did like, like, I liked the fact that everyone was having similar dreams. Like, I did like some of that stuff, but I don't know. It was. I was almost kind of disappointed when like they stopped having the dreams because I was like, this is actually moving the story like 
pretty pretty well. Like this is a good <laughs> plot device. And then you're like, oh well, no one's having dreams. It's like, well, now where well, are we going to go? This with this? Well, that, we're gonna, we're going to go to Vegas. <laughs> that is a we're strange city. That is a strange thing. But you spent so much time like developing this dream thing, and all of a sudden nobody's having dreams well, anymore. Well, yeah, yes. As, as soon as government shows back up, they all disappear. And it's weird because the book does really slow down at that point yeah. because there's no there's. Like, the world doesn't feel like an adversary once they actually have the committee in place. Like, they start having they start having to go with bureaucratic bullshit for the reason why there's tension in the town. Like, there's some guy who's gallivanting, acting like he's going to be a new governor or something. Uh, and they, they have to basically inject Harold <laughs> into this equation at some point so that the story continues to move forward. Like, Harold is always this weird menace in the background, and he's, like, the biggest reminder of the supernatural because everyone can sense that he's evil, basically. Except Stu. Well, no, it's weird. Some people liked him. I always, yeah. Like, I the, ran, the see, rando people liked him. I never him. thought he was evil. I just thought he was more of, like, the sociopath type. Like, I mean, he can... Because he could manipulate <laughs> yeah. a situation when he needed to, yeah. but he didn't empathize with any of these people. And that's not necessarily evil. He's just kind of, like, playing... You know his little, you know, neurotic card. Well, I mean, most yes, people, we're more most people liked about him, actually. Now, okay, okay. Most people liked him. There's because they didn't who, see him up close. Yeah, it was the people who like got to know him who were like, "Wow, um, gonna pass." That's, that's a, funny. Now that I think that's about a it, fake smile you got. Yeah, there. that's like you, you. That's you. Can you not smile, please? It's, <laughs> it's kind of worse. Yeah. It's funny because, like I said, I think the story would have worked without the supernatural thing. But then, like what you were saying, because the supernatural stuff is so dispersed against, you know, against the the quote unquote good side. Maybe to remedy that, he could have just done more of the su- like <laughs> and, and did more supernatural stuff to like you know get it get get the yin and yang. You know, I I will well, say you should probably read cataclysmic. It. You should probably read it then. Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> it's again another this year. like twelve hundred page book. <laughs> that probably would have been more culturally relevant to do because they are re-releasing. You know, yeah. twenty-four years after the last the Tim Curry one. But I, I can tell you that one's rough. The first like one hundred fifty to two hundred pages is character exposition. That yeah. sounds it, not up it my was, alley. It <laughs> was <fun>. rough, <laughs> but I was like, maybe it'll stop eventually, and it did <laughs> eventually. And then you get to the story, but I was like, man, I feel like this could have like been spaced out better. Like having to just do character intro for each character for 150 pages is hard to read. I, I mean, that happens in this book. Yeah, it does. But it, but it's spaced. <laughs> Space. Things are happening, and then you're getting backstories. Things are happening, you're getting backstory. This is literally backstory, 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 backstory. Nothing was progressing. You were just getting backstory. I think even the miniseries was like that. It was like a lot of just stuff with kids, and you're like, when is this clown coming out of the sewer? Like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was uh, difficult. So I'm glad you did not do that with this one. We didn't. Instead, we <laughs> talked about how great evil is. Is that what we? Is that the conclusion we've reached? Yes. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. One hundred percent. But evil cancels itself out. That's true. Evil's yeah. more interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about great. And then nukes itself. <laughs> nukes yeah. itself. Trash game man's like, what up? So it's all good. Well, they got nuked because Larry and Ralph are there. I think. Sure. The only reason, because the only reason them being there and dying basically for no reason makes any sense is that the only reason Vegas got nuked is because they were there to be a, like. Distraction. No, well, like a conduit for the hand of God to land on, right? Because otherwise they went there and died for absolutely no reason. I way prefer that interpretation. That's what I kind of felt like when I was reading it. And Well, that makes it pointless, which is like, yes. defeats the whole everything else in the book. <laughs> the supernatural was the already shit's... dissipating so by the end of the book. The, the only thing that makes panicking. sense is that the That's hand of God was on them. That's why the stand was weird because we spent like so long and it felt almost anticlimactic to a certain extent. Flag is complaining at the end of the <laughs> Very near the end, about how he's losing his powers. Abigail is dead. Like the world is renormalizing to being a non-dream-filled, non-prophetic, non-floating. Cra- it's not yeah, crazy we don't anymore. Have powers right. And I think if powers, I think if they don't sacrifice themselves and don't go to Vegas, he doesn't lose his powers, and Vegas doesn't get nuked. And Boulder man, dies later. Trash Can Man still would have come back to Vegas and still could have possibly right. but, 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 I, blown but them I think all up. He, but I think Hanukkah doesn't come down and nuke him. I think they just now have a nuke. The hand of God is what triggered the nuke. Uh, we could have I mean, rewritten yes, that. I mean, yes, that's true in this version. The only way them dying makes any sense for anything other than just totally pointless is that they had to be there. 
or the hand of God no, to come down on them. No, they were there for the best possible reason. It's so that Larry can realize that the evil's not real. <laughs> and that's more than enough because a life has to be led, Patrick. You can't... You now can't, you're just saying words. It can't just... <laughs> it, it can't... It can't not mean something if it doesn't culminate. It's possible for a life to be well-led and end with being shot in a prison cell, laughing in the face of your oppressors. That can be a worthwhile life. And that's the one Glenn leads. Glenn gets shot. He proves to Lloyd, even if Lloyd does not listen, that there can be good in the world and that evil can be faced head-on. And that has to be good enough, even if it, evil then gets nuked. Because, <laughs> and the thing is, it's set up in such a way the king didn't have As to do evil this. As king, king didn't have to do it that way because what's the last line Trash Can Man says? My life He's, for you, right? It, it's either that, that's actually probably accurate, or the one that I was thinking of, <laughs> which, is, which is maybe the penultimate line. He's gone. He can't even see Flag anymore. Flag has lost all of his power. Because he does disappear right before they get nuked. At which point, Trash... But, I mean, I, I know he wanted to use him in subsequent literature, <laughs> so he wasn't allowed to kill him at that point. But he could have very well killed the pedestrian man that Flag had become because Larry and Glenn and the rest of them had overshadowed him with their human abilities, which are the best abilities. <laughs> Overcoming God in that moment. And Trash Can Man would have set the nuke off because he has no one to follow anymore. And he's dying anyway, and he wants to see the bomb go off. Yeah, that's that's his reward. I don't think the hand of God needed to come into it. I think King. Well, I think, into I think that you book. could have gotten she away went. with without doing it, and still had, you know, it, it still would have worked. Like I said, the same way I think that you could have taken out a lot of the supernatural stuff, and he still could have fucking nuked everyone at the end, and you still could have made the story work in a kind of weird way. I would love to see uh, the stand that has no supernatural <laughs> stuff. I think that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> So it sounds like everyone agrees nah, that like, there is either too much or too little supernatural nah, stuff. Nah, nah, nah. I, I, I'm I totally fine with it, but I'm curious to see, because again, nobody has ever done the How Society Falls the way he has. So I would love to see a... How Society it, Falls without yeah, supernatural aspects. Sands. It could be any other writer or anything. I would love to see that <laughs> part, then followed by normal shit. Normal shit. Yeah. Just see what happens. You know? Does the road do that? Is the road just post-apocalyptic? I have read it. There's not only a thing enough that's a comic book where all the men die except one. So again, there's no fall of society. It just falls instantly. Yeah. So it's another one where they just sort of skip over it. Well, actually, Oryx and Crake did that. Didn't we read that in high school? I didn't. I did. What is it? Oryx and Crake. Because we were going to read either Handmaid's Tale or Oryx and Crake. I read neither. You read neither. I did read Handmaid's Tale. I read neither. Oryx and Crake does deal with the fall of society. And it's got no supernatural stuff. Okay. It's more sci-fi. Sounds terrible. I read On Writing in high school, which got me onto this. I did King. too. I was like, if he can yeah. read, if he can write a nonfiction that's good, his fiction's got to be pretty good. And I was right. I listened to On Writing in <laughs> audiobook form, was not able to annotate it, uh, failed my first assignment God, in English comp I forgot because about I couldn't annotate, annotation which is, is awful. which is Pointless. why, which I made yeah. a vow at that point to <laughs> never read Assigned reading ever again, which is <laughs> why I did not read Oryx and Craig. There you yeah, go. Because I, it was assigned. I skipped some assignments. No, we took the scenic route, but now we know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Interesting. It, I did it on principle. Also, annotation saying. is bullshit. It is. I agree. We can all agree. Yeah, I don't want to ruin my books. I, oh, I love writing all over my books. What, what does that, what does that give you? I don't actually read physical books anymore, though. That's like old <laughs> well, school media. When you're trying, yeah, when you're I'm supposed to annotate, like, like, two years now. When you're trying to annotate easier. the oh, Scarlet so Letter. Yeah, just while I'm showering and driving to work. Just, yeah. That was mind-numbing. I did not do I that. I couldn't do that. What was? When you're supposed to annotate the Scarlet Letter. I'm like, what am I supposed to write about? The letter is Scarlet. And <laughs> it symbolizes <laughs> something. Mitchell, the structure of that book is what's an important. The story is bullshit. Okay, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's it's about the writing. It's about the modern yeah. novel being formed. Yeah. I think we got our next I, pick. No, no, the story's <laughs> oh terrible. The story's <laughs> terrible. I'm not saying it's a good story. I'm saying that structurally, it's important in literary history. Because yeah, I don't give a shit that. about Puritans either. Like, I don't know. Sounds that. terrible. I mean, the the writing's just also bad. That's a, it's so that's, hard to read. That's a problem with 
all writing from that time period. I don't know. I read Frankenstein. It's that was way it's like, That's not American, though. Dracula. That's not that was old. fucking Dracula's not as old, bullshit and terrible. You don't like Dracula? Writing. Oh, my God. That was terrible. Okay, I stopped I reading, assigned <laughs> reading after Dracula. I got three chapters in. And That's what Luce, threw you off. The book's so good. Luce, it's like, oh, she's going to die. We'll revive her. She's going to die. We're going to revive her. I'm like, I'm not reading this. This is dumb. And this blood-sucking <laughs> vampire stuff is just overrated. It's not that cool. It was the and original. I've never I read like, any assigned reading in that class again. I've never read you can't. You can't. Take uh, the, the garbage, vampire garbage like genre and I use that against Dracula. Yes, I could shit That's on the entire vampire genre. It's a terrible genre. It's the original. It's terrible. I do like, vampires are so like overdone. Fuck you, Dracula. No, that's not how that works. Frankenstein is good. Frankenstein is very good. Thank you. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I didn't read. <laughs> of course, you would. I haven't got to it yet. <laughs> read it. You can watch the movie. No, well, that Dracula, Dracula are framed. Stories. Okay, yeah. I am not reading Dracula for we're not. We're not reading podcast. Dracula. Fine. <laughs> Fine. But we do need to find another book that's just as contentious find a for as many book. reasons. <laughs> you don't want that's, that's almost a necessity. <laughs> <laughs> let's read. Well, we let's read Infinite Jest. Well, we can we can throw that a dart not, on a board. That's that book's not actually readable. <laughs> I have Jess. tried. It's, it's not. No, that's yeah. that's another book I gave two tries and it's not readable. Like, what, what look, is it? I love DFW, but it turns <laughs> out I I actually love his later nonfictional self. Yeah, um, Infinite Jest. Never heard of it. It's wrong. And it's hard to get. Wait, is this the guy who killed himself? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The guy. It's his Sorry, authors here. I, I, saw read, it on, uh, I saw it on Reddit the other day. <laughs> you know what I was talking about. That's true. I did read The Pale King, and I got like halfway through Infinite Jests, and then it, uh, I had to turn back into the library. All right. Well, I'm not going to pick the next book since uh, everyone hated my suggestion. He doesn't like my literary no, picks. I didn't, no, this is, this is exactly. <laughs> I'm not picking. No, this is exactly like the movie, the movie stuff. I don't have to like it. I like talking about it. I see. Like yeah. this, this is way more fun than reading the yeah, stand, which I guess likes... is a massive indictment of it. But <laughs> <laughs> wow! But uh, I've read it four times. I mean, next... some people, so some people a... spend their time differently than I do. Do <laughs> a movie to review of the stand miniseries. Well, I also watched that. <laughs> no, I don't and remember it's hers on week. Yeah, it's hers on month. month, month. Yes. It's got Molly Ringwald though. As Franny, yes. yeah, yeah. If you guys want to no, post, God, a that po- sounds really unappealing. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense, right? Like yeah. Molly Ringwald, really? Yeah, she's supposed yeah. to be the hot twenty-two-year-old. Mm. Yeah, no. So is it uh, is it fiction or nonfiction or does it matter? What Herzog? No, for her next book. I feel like oh, you never to... know with Herzog. That's the beautiful thing. <laughs> I feel you like don't, don't know have to pick right now. Yeah, fiction. fiction yeah, make you a suggestion tell. on the thing. What we can do a brainstorm. Fine. I can. We, I mean, can we get like a, a week break before we start another book? Like yeah. this should take yes, a whole month. I'm actually really behind on podcast listening because of this. <laughs> As <episode. I'm> <laughs> yeah, it took me about uh, yeah, a whole month. I think. Yeah. I think I started listening to it a month ago. I had to schedule it out, <laughs> and and then I started like binging. Like I would just sit at home and listen to it because I'm like, wow, I don't have enough time left. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the thing next week, I'm just going to sit here and listen. I like, know. I was like, Lou, I got to power through this. I'm like listening to it like at all hours of the day. <laughs> no, we'll pick something later. We'll probably right. announce it Maybe on another podcast. I'll throw out a suggestion sometime. Then. We're going to have a more regular format since Matt will be capable physically of keeping me to that format in the coming weeks. So we'll probably turn this into a uh, a regular weekly thing so you can just book tune into week. that to know That's what not that possible. not not a book a week <laughs> not a movie a week but just like a weekly deal so we oh, can well, get back, that business well, out of the way you used to have what it was it was back it was you know a com- consumption and then a, so one worked on process and then one worked on a media thing be it game book movie i don't i don't want to necessarily crib that idea but okay. there will at least be there will be there will be a beacon there will be the lighthouse <laughs> the week the weekend review on Sunday Where or whatever day throw happens. Throw that shit in the trash. Yeah, that's, that's in the trash. <laughs> you know, an hour where we talk about what's happened for the week and what ha- failed to happen last week. Um, and then these will be in So the dumpster fire that. of your life yeah. will be, okay. It will be, <laughs> it will be better documented. Okay. Again, this is season two. It's a new leaf. It's a new theme song as soon as I figure out what I want to sound Did you write like. that cello yet? I did. Awesome. So that's happening. Uh, intriguing. What? You rented you're a You're going to have to listen. <laughs> you rent, you're gonna Do you know how to play a cello? Uh, no. <laughs> Not at all. I have never played a string instrument in my life. It's just have like a ever, guitar, but like different, right? Yo-Yo Ma? No, I haven't. Don't set him up. He's doing something. Don't let him do it. No, it's just a question. Okay. 
Wand you. And it's been answered. <laughs> He's a cellist. Name another cellist. No, I can't. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah, not yet. I'm cellist number two. Isaac Perlman. Uh, he's violent. Violinist. Okay. Yeah. He's a string instrument. He's, just, he's probably that? better at cello instinctively <laughs> than I am at cello. <laughs> Those are just sounds strung together. Oh, I guess I know violinists. Yeah. No, whatever. Patavarius. <laughs> what, Itzhak? It's yeah, a great that's name. That's not a name. Itzhak Perlman? Itzhak Perlman, yeah. <laughs> he played the Transcendental Eight tunes, man. Didn't he the, did some uh, good stuff. Didn't did. the cellists in... An orchestra complained to Beethoven that the fifth was too hard to play back in the day. I don't give a shit about that. They should have practiced more. Yeah, yeah, they should have. They should have watched Whiplash. Should have been beaten. It's like, yeah. um, a good movie. <laughs> See what you did, Patrick? You gave him permission to go find something. It was an innocent comment, even if it was a strange question. Although it would have been a good story if it were true, so... I can't fault you for that. Thanks. Yeah, no. Never, uh, never trust an unsolicited question from Mitchell. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, and with that, <laughs> we're going to have to shut this shit down before something else happens. Um, so, yeah, hopefully the machination log will be more regular now that I have someone else to hold accountable for it so I don't have to talk to myself. And we'll invite people in when they're doing things or not doing things or thinking about doing things uh, as the weeks go on. Patrick. Yes. Nicole. Things. Oh. Patrick. Hi. Mitchell. Hi. That was a trick. Nicole. You failed. Things. David, thanks for being part of the Machination Log. Good morning, everyone. <laughs>